0: What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020, and this week's episode, Fight Island, rolls on. I am your host, Gabriel Gonzalez. This week, we're going to be talking about everything UFC 251, where do the stars of the card go next, We'll be looking ahead to both of this week's cards, including tomorrow's fight between Calvin Cater and Danny Gay, and of course, the flyweight title fight as of right now between Davison Figueiredo and Joseph Benavidez, and of course, everything in between from the new Venom deal to Reebok being out to Adesanya and Masvidal being on the cover of UFC 4, but let's get right to it with the second half of my double act, Natalie Zamudio, Natalie, we are finally on the other side of UFC 251. Tell me about it. Did it deliver? Did you feel the angst? Did you not feel the angst? Because that was a real thing for some people. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, I definitely delivered. I definitely got uh, pizza delivered also. I know we were (laughs) talking about that last week, so I hope you got your pizza as well. Um, But Fight Island delivered for me big time. But it also um, tested like my <laughs> my uh, sleep deprivation um, boundaries because every fight on the main card was basically, yeah, except for the for the Paige Van Zandt card went all, went the distance, right? There were no, um, uh, the Aldo fight finished, but not that early. So, yeah. you know, it was pretty late by the time the uh, Usman Masvidal card came on or fight, I should say. And so I was like, you know, it's always my thought when these fights go really long is the people on the East Coast, man. Like, I'm so glad I live in California <laughs> because it's like one in the morning for them. That's crazy. Um, but in any case, it delivered big time. I'm super excited. Uh, I will say, though, I forgot to actually put on my Fight Island T-shirt. I couldn't believe it. What? And, uh, I know. After all it that. Was in the hamper. I forgot to wash it. It was too late. I couldn't do anything about it. Well, I mean, you get um, three more opportunities. Exactly. So yeah. tomorrow, but, it's clean. It's ready. So tomorrow night, it's on for
0: sure. Out of curiosity, did you get Baby Joe a little baby fight island?
1: You know what? Nah, man. <laughs> what? I mean, this is the time. Honestly, I didn't even check if they had kids ones. They probably do. Yeah. I got one for me. I got one for my husband, and then the book stopped right there. So I mean, poor, uh, poor old Joe got the got the shaft.
0: I mean, you know, I might have a set of those fight island face masks on on back order. But yeah, you know what, Um, to compare it, I think that, um, remember we talked about UFC 200 and it was a similar thing, you have just this super stacked, how can it not be awesome main card, and I think you were given a great example of, you know, even when you feel like you've stacked the deck, it could still get a little little funky, so we're going to talk about a lot of the ins and outs, but in my opinion... I think it just tested attention spans. It's not that any of the fights were bad. The main event probably had a lot to be desired there, and I get that. We'll talk about it, but I think it's the fact that that's just a lot of very technical, very fun, but very long technical fights that really pushed us a little more than we're used to. And, you know, I think that maybe we're feeling a little, you know, I don't want to say fatigued, but... I think that how you respond to, you know, the quarantine had an effect. If I'm being honest, you know, I haven't had to wait for much because I make it happen instantly, whether I'm streaming or something else because I'm just at home. I think that's a lot of people, and I think that's why we felt the effects just a little bit more. But in any case, let's get right to it because uh, the be-all, end-all, Kamar Usman, Jorge Masvidal, the quickest way for me to describe this one um. I was very impressed with just how good Masvidal looked standing up. Every time he had space, Kamaru just looked like everything was so labored. And Jorge, he just looked fast It looked like everything he wanted to land, he was able to. Kamaru just, you could tell he he had no business standing up with Jorge. Which surprised me because I really thought, you know, if you're really going to put that pressure on, put the foot on the neck... You want to make Jorge feel like, man, I can't even get my striking going, and then he's going to take me down. Very George St. Pierre in that way, you know what I mean? Instead, you know, Jorge really forced Kamaru. There had to be none of that, and obviously, we know the fight by now, it was mostly in the clinch. There were a few takedowns. There was nothing really dramatic that happened on the feet. There was nothing really dramatic that happened on the ground. It was just a slow and steady wins the race against the fence. Kamaru did... Just enough to keep them from breaking the action. But the fact is, he neutralized a very dangerous guy in Jorge Masvidal. Um, do I think Jorge on a full camp would have looked d- different? Absolutely. But I also think he came in carrying plenty of guns and bullets to this fight. And it just wasn't enough against Kamaru. And I think he acknowledged that. So, But yeah, just a stifling, but very technically sound performance from Kamaru Usman.
1: Yeah, technically sound for sure. So, yeah, if if I'm going to pick the one that, you know, didn't deliver as much, it, it would unfortunately be the main event because of the hype that the, the, the change of opponent brought into the entire card, it being Jorge Mazadal. And, you know, I am such a sucker for hype. And so I just believed it. I was like, yes, you know, Dustin Fourier said he's been training this whole time. So, of course, he has and he's going to be perfectly in you know in perfect condition and it's going to be great. He I believed him when he said if it was anybody else I would have needed more time but for Usman 6 days that's all I need, you know. So I'm a sucker for that stuff and so I was I was disappointed when we talked about it last week, you know, we knew that he had to come out or at least my expectation was that he would come out fast, try to do a blitz. I, I think I was expecting a knockout by round two. And then, you know, obviously we didn't get close to that. It was frustrating to see Kamaru easily implement that, that hold against the cage over and over and over again. And he would just press him against the cage, punch the body, punch the body, punch the body, stamp the feet. That's one of my, like, you know, pet peeves in MMA is the foot stomps. Um, obviously they're effective, they're legal, but it's just like, I would never do that, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I can't stand it when other fighters do, but you know, fair play, right? In any case, I kept waiting for Masvidal to, to push him off of the cage. I know, I think he probably could have, but at times it seemed like maybe he was just biding his time thinking, all right, I'll let this round go. I think even one of the commentators, uh, figured as much as well. And uh, it reminded me a little bit of when Robbie Lawler fought Colby Covington. I think it was Colby Covington. And I kept waiting for for Lawler to like explode, to do something. And he was just kind of slipping, slipping, slipping punches. And then it never came. And so that's what the feeling I have for with Masvidal. And you could see him fatiguing, and sort of at that point began to realize that it it might never come. The the surge, the push. At the very end, he tried, but it was it was too late. So a little bit disappointing for me only because of the trajectory of the story of this, of, this, of this fight, right? How it completely flipped and became way more exciting. And then they released the, you know, the cover for, for UFC 4. So it's just setting up this perfect world where Jorge Masvidal is going to, like, usurp Conor McGregor's seat on the top of the UFC throne as far as, you know, star power, popularity and whatnot. And not to say that he didn't come close. But he didn't quite get to the didn't quite, quite 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 get to the throne with the performance he had but there's plenty of time for him to to reach the top for sure the peak right not the top he's already there Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you know what uh, I'm with you there I think that um especially late in the round he'd have those moments where he's got the space and I'm expecting him to pull the trigger and instead it looks like he was just one he's got to be conserving his energy but two it looks more like Rather than push the pace, he was looking more like for Kamaru to give him this bigger window of opportunity, like this bigger opening for him to counter. And it felt so often like if Jorge just pushes him, you felt like he was getting close enough that he would be controlling the exchanges. But those happened just fewer and further in between later in the fight. And by that time, Kamaru had already done all the work on the scorecard. So yeah, whether or not, you know, he felt like Kamaru's power was... A threat or anything it looked like it wasn't but then again you know by now we know that Jorge isn't just Scarface he likes to bring his poker face to the table so who knows but that's the impression I got in the fight it just um and look he admitted it he said I was working out in the gym but I wasn't getting a lot of mat time I was more doing my weights and conditioning getting my body ready not as much as actually you know, working with partners and getting fight-fight ready in terms of his physicality, but like he said, he admitted it, when you sign on the dotted line, you're, you're saying that you're able to go out there and win the fight, and, you know, he, he owned up to that, which I actually really loved about this entire post-fight is it would be very easy for him to say, hey, I'm still the BMF because he didn't fight me like a BMF and all this other stuff. You know, you can imagine his voice saying it, Instead, he gave props where it's due and he's already back on the hunt. I think that's a very good sign for all of his fans and just for the future. Which let's get into now. Kamaru, he wins. Jorge, he's still popular. I don't see an immediate rematch happening. Now, I think that Jorge being one, maybe two, but no more than that, away from another fight. I can see that. Uh, I'm going to toss it to you, though. How do we match these guys up going forward later this year, early next year, etc.? cetera?
1: Oh, boys, it's tough because he's talking, you know, that's who he wants next. Usman, of course, immediate rematch. He doesn't care if there's money, more money somewhere else with someone else like Conor McGregor. I guess that's the only person that would really be more money when you look at the, the plate of options, the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the main question for me is, does Usman want time off, you know, now that he has all the cards, right, holds all the cards, is he going to kind of, uh, you know, cross his arms and say, okay, well, you know, I'll give you a shot when I'm ready to give you a shot, or is he going to heed Mazvidal's, I guess, advice and go for the money because there's more money in, fight- in Usman fighting Masvidal, Um so why not, right? Why not go for it? Uh, and then if you look at, let's say... So it's interesting, right? Masvidal says he wants Usman next, but immediately after the fight, he's like, I'll win one or two more, and then you know, let's do the rematch. That makes sense post-fight, but when you start to think about it and you start really burning with that fire to get back in there, you decide, I want this guy next, and that sort of seems to be where Masvidal is right now. What does UFC want? What does Usman want? Those are really the, the main questions here. I have a feeling they're not going to give him Usman right away. They're going to want to let that marinate a little bit. And the options are then sort of interesting. He doesn't want to fight Colby, right? He said it multiple times. He, he interestingly or weirdly, uh, not called out, but, but mentioned Wonder Boy Thompson, right? Which I thought was kind of cool when fighters do that and they look back at just like a, at a loss that they want to avenge. And not because it's going to get them more money or be very popular, but per, because it's like personal, right? So actually, of all the options that we can sort of think of, I like that one the most because I'm a big fan of Wonder Boy style. He needs a win. It's a good matchup. Um, but I think the UFC is going to want to capitalize on someone that they can make a lot of um, marketing material off of, and that's probably going to be Colby Covington. So that's who I predict they're going to they're going to go with. Would Masvidal turn that fight down? What do you think? I don't know
0: uh money talks right we figured that out um i think that he doesn't uh how do i describe it i think that jorge doesn't want to give colby the shine i think he's waiting on it so he could say that this was ufc's idea i was okay beating up whoever but you know you don't want to reward bad behavior so to speak and i think that's how he feels about colby that's how a lot of people feel about colby but that's on purpose right So I think it's that kind of mentality. I'll say this. I don't know how you don't make uh, Jorge versus Colby. And I'll give you one better. If it was up to me, I think the time is perfect for the ultimate fighter. I mean, come on. Give me a couple weeks of that. How Can you think of, honestly, better coaches to launch it right now? Even if you were to go, like, even Conor and Habib, I don't think would be as entertaining, if I'm being honest. Uh, Costa versus Adesanya, the language barrier. I know we want to see them just collide, but like, you know, I'd rather just see the fight. I don't think I need to see them coach. I love the idea of Masvidal, Covington. I don't think that the UFC could get the timing or anything any better, in my honest opinion. And it only takes like, what, six, seven weeks to show? I mean, yeah, there's pre and post, but you get my point. I feel like that's a no-brainer for me. My crystal ball, Mr. Gabriel, I see Usman fighting Burns, Masvidal, Covington, tough or no tough, just put him somewhere in the fall, December, January, somewhere around there, and then Edwards versus Wonderboy, and then there you have it. All of our players have fights. Everybody has a fight that should elevate them to what they want. Kamaru can keep busy. Edwards gets that big name to show he's ready for a title fight. And we get Jorge and Colby and all that fun stuff too. And it all works out by the numbers, in my opinion. I think, you know, Dana White, I know you like to listen to MMA Daily every week. This is my idea. You you can even (laughs) give Joe Rogan credit or someone like that. But I'm just saying, I think that would be perfect.
1: Dana White is taking notes right now. (laughs) Uh, I, I like it, but but going back to the tough thing, that would be wildly entertaining, Masvidal-Colby. But, man, I, I, I wouldn't want to – poor Masvidal. I wouldn't want to have to put him in that position of being stuck in the same, like, sphere with Colby Covington for seven weeks. That that kind of seems unfair. I like the guy too much. So uh, <laughs> for that reason, I, I, I'll give a, a no vote. However, if they go ahead and do it, I'm definitely going to watch. <laughs> I was going to say come on, you know you'd watch that. <laughs> oh, of course. Hell yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't
0: feel bad the second he gets in his face. No, <laughs> anyway, no <not> at all. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're going if we're going to do this, let's do it right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's it um uh, in terms of everything else, I think that uh, another win is similar to Conor McGregor. It's like Conor beat cowboy and suddenly, hey, I'm ready to see it all again, right? I think it's the same thing with Jorge. One more win. You know, the mescal is flowing freely again, in my opinion. So, I don't think they're, either of them is in a bad position going forward. Let's get into the co-main event. Uh, Natalie, very bluntly, uh, who won the fight, in your opinion? Not the three judges.
1: In yeah, my opinion, it was Max Holloway. Three rounds to two, pretty clearly for me. And um, big bummer, man. Big Big bummer, because... Well, who doesn't love Max Holloway? And and I think he won the fight. So so when you don't get when they don't get the nod, and you know the only thing you can you can say like Dana White always says is well shouldn't know, have left it to the judges. But I mean you know Max, yeah Alexander Volkanovsky. I'll put it. I'll flip it. Is is a tough guy to knock out, especially when you're Max Holloway and you're more of you know. Uh, a volume striker versus a power striker, not that he can't finish fighters, but Volkanovski is just like a tough little little beast, and that's a, that's a big head to try to knock out. So that's a hard ask, but I think he did his job, and he did enough to get his belt back, but didn't walk home with it, unfortunately. How did you see it?
0: I had the first three max. Uh, here's the problem. They had the exact same thing happen in the first fight they were all close rounds there was a couple turns of momentum but at the end of the day you know you're talking about a few punches a few zigs instead of zags in deciding these rounds that is too close to call and in all honesty i watched it and i even watched it back and i'm like you know max is hurting alex a little more in these rounds and then i'd watch it and i'm like you know alex kind of you know, was staggering him a little more. And I was like, dude, I honestly, I don't envy the judges for that fight, but in the moment I had Max, after the fact it was closer, but I still had Max just barely. But I, like, I picked Alex, and I'm telling you I went with Max. And it's like, dude, this is how close that fight is. I don't think, um, you know, in terms of these great dramatic, you know, decisions that people like to blow out of proportion that was just a close fight and you know i see that it, this is just testament to max's popularity the fact that he felt the need to address it but yeah it was just a lot of you know max did a good job of um stifling the kicks stifling the pace of alex and i think that volkanovski he just his power and ex- explosiveness just kind of won the day for him he was able to do a little more damage when he touched max And he did it enough times that that fight was very close. And honestly, it's not like Max won every round. Alex Volkanovski is a very elite-level fighter, and he's got a lot of qualities that cause a lot of people problems, not just Max. So I think that's exactly what we saw.
1: Yeah, and the way he turned it on at the end, especially the fifth round, like man, you know, it's like, a, like a, not to reference Robbie Lawler twice in one podcast. So well, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, like, like Lawler, you know, he would always come back in the fifth and just, he just had that extra bit. And that's, uh, that, that's probably what sealed the deal, you know, for the judges. Um, but, but yeah. Okay. So Max tweeted, uh, about the, the, the media getting like death threats. That that's crazy. I, that's, uh. That's wild. I've been, okay,
0: in all honesty, it crossed my mind. Who texted Max to say, hey, bro, this is what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, because it's either that happened or Max is reading some stuff and like they're telling him, like fans, angry fans are telling Max that they're going to go off on, you know, for example, John Morgan. Mm-hmm. because he's you know not calling it a robbery or something it's like i don't know but i i read that and i'm like i mean we all know the internet isn't the nicest place it's kind of like high school on steroids that haven't been caught by usada so <laughs> uh yeah uh but the fact that he felt the need to say it i was like no really who who got what threat crossed my mind cuz Honestly, look, when you're talking about these level of stars and their popularity, fans say stuff all the time. People get invested, arguably sometimes too much so, and they say things that they shouldn't through, you know, behind the screen. So, yeah, I think that 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 stood out to me for sure. Um talking about it, uh if you're Volkanovsky, um well, I I guess put it bluntly, Do you take Zabit versus Yair winner or do you wait to see what's up with Korean Zombie? I don't know if after one year off that Brian Ortega is right there. Unless he looks really good, and I'll say it, they resurrect his Modelo commercial. Because we know (laughs) it, but apparently the guys on TV, you know, don't. They stopped airing it.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. Do we know why he's been out for so long? Was it just like recovering from that crazy beating um The knee, no. Oh, yeah. Like issue. he did okay. have the
0: time, but the knee took him out of the no. But yes, something he he hurt himself again slightly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because long was time. Fight, yeah.
0: Yeah, because he was going to fight Zombie in December, and that's why Frankie mm-hmm. Edgar stepped in.
1: That's right. And then the whole thing with with Zombies, like friend, that he punched or the he rapper. slapped. I mean, just
0: he made a choice again.
1: Yeah, yeah. he made a choice. <laughs> um very strange uh so it no, was very strange what i was going to say is very strange that i kind of had brian ortega a little bit out of my mind um because um of all the other fighters that are at the at 145 right now um so you mentioned his name and it's like oh yeah brian ortega somehow he he uh he ended up on the periphery over here so what is the plan for him is there a fight officially booked with korean zombie or not yet I mean
0: they're kind of doing the pointing fingers. He said he said Right, like
1: sign the contract. You haven't signed the contract.
0: I mean, I personally I
1: part of me thinks
0: that Zombie might be trying to, you know, stoke the flames a little bit before he just pours the lighter fluid on it. You know what I mean? Just to, he's got to be aware that Ortega's a tough fight and in the event that it's not exciting you don't want to be in a position where you got to make it a toss-up between you and possibly Yair Zabit, right? So I feel like that might be a little bit of, you know, I know. I think that because we don't hear him speak too much, I think that it might go over our heads that, hey, he's trying a little bit of a marketing tactic. It just, we're just not recognizing it. So I think that might be what's going on. Um, I'll okay. say this though, Natalie. Brian is very popular. I've seen it with my own two eyes. The kind of crowd he brings, like you cannot understate it. And if people start seeing that Modelo commercial and thinking about his choices and those blue eyes of his, I'm telling you, we could easily see Ortega versus Volkanovski if Ortega were to beat the zombie. I think that's a very real possibility.
1: He's so beautiful. So I mean, I understand why these there's so many crowds going after him
0: in public, but what is it is it the hair in your opinion
1: you know it's the whole thing he has like really (laughs) strong facial features like big jaw big brow and those beautiful blue eyes not that i you know i'm like a sucker for blue eyes i really am not but it's just like the combination of it on him
0: i want you to tell me what your husband thinks of this segment later (laughs) uh no, I, I, um side note, I did once, uh, we talked about him, and I asked, like, Karen Bryan, is, like, is he as popular? Then she's, like, yes, my friends will ask me about Brian Ortega. Yeah. It's, like, it's a legit thing, ladies and gentlemen. I but mean, how Berry,
1: like, right. we'll my, never
0: know, but I'm sure. <laughs> my point is that he's got a legit popularity that you can't really understate. And even though he's been out, you know, one big finish, exciting performance, and it's like Conor McGregor. Suddenly it's like, hey, we're talking about selling pay-per-views, right? And you're telling me that as a personality that you feel like you know Zabit better than Brian. You know, we all know who wins in that scenario, so just tell me.
1: <laughs> yes, we do, Old blue eyes.
0: Yeah, anyway, um, if I'm Volkanovski, I feel like... I'll be honest, Zombie has just been having more exciting performances, Ortega was right there leading up to it, you know, I feel like that would take precedence, if you're talking about fighting the best guys, Yair and Zabit, respectfully, you know, I think that as their competition has increased, I think that their fights have not been, you know, they just can't pull off the flashy stuff. And that's how it's kind of supposed to be. It's hard to land a 360 tomahawk, whatever you call it, that they do when these guys are so good at the top level. And I think that's why, you know, there's a little less of the stuff we love from Yair and Zabit. So, you know, can I see them pulling a 360 on Alex? I'm going to just say it bluntly. I don't think so. I think it's a little too smart and too good, too fast, too smart. I think I said that twice, but you get my point. (laughs) And so I think that on a technical level, I think the zombie just provides a lot of challenges that I think Alex really wants to add to his resume. And remember, for all of Max Holloway's accomplishments, he hasn't notched a victory over Korean zombie. That could be a big thing towards building the legend of Alex now that, you know, we've kind of put a hold to the reign of Max.
1: Yeah, I mean, and just like, I can't ever hear reference to Korean zombie without thinking, like, what a freaking awesome name that is. And, like, it just, it, it sells no matter who the opponent is. So-and-so versus Korean zombie. So, you know, People Alex, don't even use his name. Yeah, I think exactly. he said it's
0: like, you could just write the zombie when you're writing your articles. And I'm like, thank yep. you.
1: It's like, it's like the way Chris Cyborg, like, on her shorts, it doesn't say Justino. It just says Cyborg. Oh, when she was with the UFC, right? Yeah you know that just becomes like her new name or that's just how she gets referred to so yeah man i mean chan sung jung uh aka korean zombie that's who i would pick if i'm volkanovsky if i have a say in it uh, i would go there i
0: mean i'm for it i'm here for it we got a lot of title fights natalie i know we're excited about the zombie and we took a you know we made a choice and took a detour let's talk <laughs> about the bantamweight division Peter Yan, jose aldo that was OG Jose Aldo, man. Yeah. He brought back the leg kicks. He had that poker face. He was getting after him. Um, I was very shocked at, uh, I'll be honest, it felt like Pewter's offense got stifled. It looked like he became very one-dimensional, was just looking for the hands. Aldo was taking a lot of those shots really well, really early um you know on the feet and on the ground obviously late piotr jan does the damage almost gets the finish round two and three aldo's just piecing him up putting it together getting the better the exchanges and then in the fourth the momentum just starts to swing right i mean piotr's been there the whole time and it just seemed like piotr did more damage Over those first 20 minutes so even when Aldo was winning he just wasn't able to hurt Pyotr Jan enough and then you know we obviously saw what happened in the fifth round he just starts to hurt Aldo and really that was just kind of it um I don't like that we're bringing it up again but late stoppage I think that fight could have been stopped a lot sooner I give full credit Aldo's a legend and he was a tough guy but that white flag was waving long before the ref stopped it.
1: Yeah, it definitely was, and it's, you know, you shouldn't give someone a few extra, and you know, let them take an extra long beating because you know they're they're tough because they have a history of of you know being being legendary and overcoming all these great odds. Um, so that that was bad, but okay. Um, the fight itself was amazing. Jose Aldo did look great until, yes, the tide turned. But in the in the first three rounds, I was like, oh, my God, he's back. He's He was right. You know, 135 is where he should have been all along. It was amazing. His head movement. Um, and and he was just so coiled so tightly. Like, he just had so much tension. And, and he was just – but even – you know, that's how he kind of fights. And, and even though he had that, he was still seeing everything. He was – fighting beautifully, the leg kicks, as you said. So, you know, he he had that belt. It was his. He was holding on to it, and then it got taken away. Um, Pyotr Jan was just tougher and could endure longer. And Jose Aldo just, just ran out of, uh, you know, like, if you think of a video game, he ran out of hearts, you know, like, not... The power not,
0: bar ah, just ran out. Yeah,
1: just you know he used up all his juice and there was That's nothing special left. attack
0: force right you know mm-hmm. your character gets weaker when it runs out kind of deal
1: yeah man and so it's luck because he was doing so well and just it just really goes more speaks more to the like the just the rock heartedness of Piotr Jan uh, because anyone else in that division would have been felled by by that Jose Aldo we saw on Saturday night oh yeah but Jan is just Just like, just hard, ice cold, freaking unbreakable. So, it's like Raldo, but he obviously has been, you know, glowing over his performance, did so well that he's going to have a nice career for as long as he wants it at 135. But he's not getting any younger. So, should he get back to that championship slot, contention slot, and Piotr Jan is still, still the man? That's going to be tougher to beat him when he when you know Aldo's older. But that aside, Pudarón looked looked amazing. He he ended the fight in a way that was definitely sending a statement to all the other 135ers. And so you know I wouldn't be shaking in my boots if I'm the other guys, but I'm definitely you know standing at at a little bit more of attention than I was before for sure.
0: I mean, I think that you saw just how much a yawn is capable of that said I think Aldo also showed that you know if you got this level of x y and z you know you can give yawn problems and just Mm -hmm. very bluntly I, I will say this stylistically Jose Aldo presented a lot of weapons uniquely that I can't exactly say that Aljamain Sterling or Frankie Edgar or some of these other guys necessarily have at 135 um, and mind you, that's not to say they are less dangerous, but the fact is, he's just different. That's what makes this time in the division so exciting. A uh, quick side note, if, I think this is a good time to say that it's about, is Jose Aldo in it to be in the title fights, or is he still in it for the love of the game? Because if he's just about, hey, I could still do this, I still want to fight, I still want to fight the guys to get me there then by all means, there's plenty of guys at Bantamweight that would love to go to war with the guy they saw on Saturday. That would be epic, but I think now it's on Jose Aldo, like you said, at this stage of his career. Now, Peter Young, I am a little emboldened by the news. First off, um, get well soon, Marlon Moraes and Mrs. Marlon Moraes. Um, uh, obviously, the news comes out that they've tested positive for covid it sounds like he says they're relatively doing all right because he is still talking about uh, fighting Cody Garbrandt in October. I mean, just booking now. Jan versus Aljo. Late 2020, early 2021. I don't see how, you know, this is a no-brainer officially in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, mean, I don't even have anything else to add because it's just, duh. It's blunt, let's,
0: right? Yeah, what else? Let's do it.
1: Who else? What else do you
0: want? Uh, do you, here's a question: Will we see Henry Cejudo doing a TV show before we see Jan versus Aljo? Jan,
1: yeah, no. But I like the idea of him doing a TV show, like Property I Brothers. I thought of uh, you know. of Chips if they reboot <laughs> Chips. Um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with i i am aware eric estrada <laughs> okay. yes eric estrada yep <laughs> i'm a, i mean you know. come on it's right there now do i know it
0: more because of his beef with george lopez maybe but that's not the point yeah
1: i don't want your swampland either so you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway but um yeah so i think that that's a big thing is that um i think that henry sujudo uh, i understand what he's doing he's kind of trying to make sure he's relevant so his mma audience follows him to whatever he's going to do but I kind of want to see him do it already if he's going to keep talking.
1: You get what I mean? I love, I do get what you mean. I love how he just keeps posting pictures of him and his girlfriend just all over. How do you think she feels about it? I don't. Like, you know, it's like, it's not,
0: I'm not saying he doesn't love her. Obviously he does, but is he posting it
1: because he's so proud of her? Or is he posting it? She's become part of his bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both actually and then like the ones where he used was posting like first girlfriend ever you know i'm like you know what i would believe that i kind of believe that that's true now is he just is he just trying to you know crack a joke because that's what people think i don't know man but i you know (laughs) it's close to me believing it (laughs) yeah it's uh he's certainly
0: um very frugal with that tweet button so (laughs) But yeah, my point is that I don't see uh, Henry Cejudo coming back. If you have one of these big three, Jan, Aljo, Marlon Moraes beat the other two, I think that would give him the green light to talk about a comeback. Because he'd feel like that's an epic fight that would garner him money. Um, so I'm here for it if that happens, but I just, I don't know. I think you've got to see a lot happen, but for right now, Cejudo is well in a way off of my board. For Jan and for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, just to set the record straight. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Thug Rose versus Jessica Andraj. that was fun. I think that Jessica just couldn't touch Rose enough. I thought it was close, but Rose just, um, she just tagged her more. And I think that the head movement did a good job to slow down Rose, but... She couldn't return fire, and I think the big adjustment that Rose made was that earlier in the fight, she would kind of stay close to Jessica, and Andrage would just be so close with those counters. Those just, she started presenting them less and less as the fight went on. She was getting out of the way, and Jessica was just catching more and more air. Obviously, she did eventually catch up to her, but I felt like that was more a bit of the effort of Jessica rather than the tactical error of Rose Namajunas. But by that time, I think Rose is just a little too far ahead.
1: Yeah, it was a super exciting fight. I was on the edge of my seat here because I really wanted Rose to to win decidedly. And she wanted, you know, they always they always say they want to knock out, but I was like, yeah, Rose, with those giant hands, she's going to knock out Jessica Andrade. <laughs> she was doing great. but 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 I actually feel like she did a little bit better in the first fight at least in round one. Um, but I think that's probably more to do with the uh, adjustments on Drag made. But damn, round three, when, when Jessica turned it up, turned it on, you know, the power was, was real. We knew we know she has the power. She's used it to knock out Karolina Kolokavitz. She's used it in a different way to, to knock Rose Namajunas unconscious with that slam. And uh, credit to Rose for, for staying on her feet. For doing enough to to knock at you know a 10 eight in that round and uh, and to win I was very happy for her to win on to the next one, but her face my goodness she just got busted up in round three and uh she she gave props to andraj for hitting like a truck which I thought was pretty cool I mean that's 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 no joke man andraj is is working with uh, some different heat
0: I finally figured out. The way I want to describe Andraj. And I'm still gonna say she fights with that gangster. You wanna know who Jessica Andraj is? She's the female BMF. Okay. I and I stand by that no matter who's beating her. I'ma just say that right now. That is what she fights like. And I'll stand by that the rest of her career.
1: Yeah, you know, um, she's definitely got the um the spirit. But as far as like the the style, I don't know. Hers is more like. What you? I think of like Masvidal or Nate Diaz? Like they act have finesse, uh, very skilled. They will brawl with you, but but Andrade is like always in brawler mode. So
0: that's what makes her
1: so bad. Yeah, no, it definitely does. But but that is I, one bad mother smucker. You know what I, I mean? I would appreciate a little uh, a little uh, variety, I guess. But whatever. Say that to Jessica Andrade. No, of course Say, not. I'm, <laughs> she, she I'm be like, like, you're amazing. I love how smooth you are.
0: <laughs> be like, hey, it's like, you're the one who disagreed with Gabriel? You don't? <laughs> it's like, get her, Jessica, get her. <laughs> anyway, um, Paige, okay, Amanda Hibas, uh, very quick, um, just too much for Paige, whether it's ring rust, whether it's just she's on another level with her grappling. The fact is, too much for Paige, too quick i like her call out i think that was a very strategic move she knew who was fighting and i i'm kind of for it i like the idea right now of Carlos Sparza versus marina rodriguez fighting um amanda hibas so i want to say that i think we have a a breakout star in the making um do you have anything to add before we talk about the future of pvz
1: it's, uh, it's definitely a star in the making. It's a fine call-out, and uh, that's all i got to say about that, because, yes, PVZ, what's going on?
0: Um, I think it's from Dana White's uh, body language. I think it's safe <laughs> to say that uh, Miss Van Sant and the UFC
1: are no longer on the
0: same page.
1: Yeah, you think? Boom. Not body language. Like, he basically said, uh, yeah, she should go test free agency. You missed my pun. <laughs> 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 yes. Sorry. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Um. Yeah, you know, it. it's tough to see a breakup. I'll say that because I do remember Paige skyrocketing and she showed what you can do in terms of branding yourself. If you're not Ronda and you're not Connor, you can still really make some happen with the UFC platform. And I think that she's a great example. Now, the injuries are another thing and all that other stuff for her UFC run. Um, the way I see it, is that, and we've talked about it last week, yes, she's got a lot more value to a Bellator or a One Championship right now. Um, I don't see the UFC making a bigger offer. I think that they would sign her for probably about the same if they were to make any offer. But I think that Bellator and One Championship would try to go for the immediate return. And on that note, I think that... um, I'll say this... After that fight and knowing Paige's record, I don't know if Bellator 1 would necessarily feel like there's gonna be a big increase to offer Paige. Because you wanna see her win, you wanna see her be active. Neither rich which really we have right now. And mind you, I said it, that's not her fault. She you know, no one goes into a fight trying to get injured for crying out loud. But you know, if I'm Bellator. I look at those numbers before I say, yeah, PVZ, you know, uh, 200, 300 K, you know what I mean? Per fight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I hate to say this, but she, she took a gamble by being so vocal about the fighter pay, her own fighter, her own pay. Right. And how she makes more on Instagram and how she had had a regular job these past six years, she would have made the same amount of money. Those are completely fair and truthful statements. But when you're in an organization like the UFC, you know, that stuff doesn't fall on deaf ears. And, you know, they have, as soon as they get the option, the opportunity to, I guess, retaliate, to pay you back, to, to show you who's boss, they will, right? And that's what's happening to Paige VanZant right now. Because not only did she lose, but she got kind of owned right away in the first round. So there wasn't even a chance to see if she had anything new, anything that was of value to the u f c was not was not given time to shine um and her physique she looked a little like um how do I say it? she looked a little soft uh, you know, mm. no offense I, I I would say you know I have to be concerned about saying this because we're talking about female fighters, but honestly i shouldn't a fighter is a fighter to me, and so when i'm looking at Paige Van Zandt's physique, I feel like um, it looked like she was not in the best shape so how seriously was she able to prepare? I don't know. Um, I, I, I do want to give her a
0: little benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, not everybody's been able to get as cut in the apocalypse. Mind you, a lot of them do, but uh, I'll just give her a little bit of a pass on that. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been eating a lot of chicken nuggets, so, you know, maybe she has too. I don't know. The regular um, ap-
0: ones are like the ones shaped like dinosaurs.
1: No, chicken, oh, sorry, chicken nuggets, McDonald's <laughs> specifically. So boots and nugget shapes only.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but, um, man, it's tough. It sucks, right? Because even if she had lost, if she had had a good show, if she, if it had been a battle back and forth and she showed her grit that we know she has or showed something new, whether the UFC wanted her or not, she would have had valuable opportunities with the other promotions, specifically Bellator, her husband's there, right? We know that. Yep. Now you point out why correctly, like, you know, they're going to, they're going to want her. Bellator won. They'll want her. But, you know, they're probably like, oh, cool. We don't have to pay as much now. That's great. We'll get the name without having to shell out as much cash. And all we have to do is point to her last fight to say, like, well, you can see, you know, why we don't have to, we're not willing to pay you so much more. So I feel bad. I feel, I feel, uh, you know, again, she gambled and, and it didn't quite work out, but. I mean that's the that's the fight game man and and I think if I were her I would be I wouldn't regret speaking my mind about the pay and you got to just kind of you know go out on your shield and 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 that has to comfort her when she sees these new offers these offers that probably aren't what she was hoping to get but in the end it's like you got to go you got to go do your thing and you got to speak your mind. So, so that's where I, where I end with Paige Van Zandt. I'm happy she was, she was honest because fighter pay is a really big issue.
0: No, for sure. Um, I'm with you there. And once again, she's probably one of the most uh, unique cases in terms of branding. And, you know, she does present a very interesting and very real, you know, approach. It's like, hey, you do bring in, you know, I said it. She's like uh, UFC's Danica Patrick. You bring in an audience that is not defined by wins, losses, or a lot of stuff other fighters are judged by, female or otherwise, so I think that is a big deal, and I think that, uh, look, she brings a lot of value. You cannot understate it, you know, she does a lot of stuff, and she does bring an audience to her fights, and I'll say this, especially with zone kind of, or sorry, Bellator and DAZN possibly splitting, the time... Probably couldn't be better for Bellator and Paige because she would bring in a ton of people to Paramount Network and Spike and all that where they're at across the globe, so I think that's a big part of it too. But yeah, um, I will say that i if you ask me today, I think that uh, we will see Paige and Bellator, just you know for a lot of those reasons. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there was some stuff that happened over the course of the week, Natalie. Um, let's talk a little bit of uh, different stuff. Oh, before I forget, Kamar Usman, is he the BMF now, yes or no?
1: No, he's not. Really? No way, man. You can't just beat the guy who had the BMF belt. And be like, oh, I'm the BMF. No, you gotta fight like one. You yeah, can't just beat the guy. You gotta fight like one. You gotta have like the whole swagger, the whole personality. It's gotta be you. He I'm is a, not that that man.
0: I'ma call out my peers. All of you guys had a chance, and not one of you tossed up that softball. I wanna hear his <laughs> answer. Because if you ask me, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I noticed no one wanted to talk about the BMF belt all week, and I'm like, guys. Is this not, you know... Like, don't be pulling it out at Jorge's next fight and be like, well, this is a BMF fight because he's going to fight me. I don't want to hear that. Just call it macaroni and move on. Shh. Kamaru's the BMF now, I'll say that. Oy, oh, yeah. Uh, oy. Masvidal and Adesanya on the cover of EA UFC. The trailer looks fun. I like it. And you know what? I'm going to just say it very bluntly. UFC got it right. I think that... um. I'm just glad they got the right guys on the cover because I think those are the two guys. They're hot right now. They're the hot commodity. They're on a roll, you know, until Saturday. It's all good with me.
1: I love it. Dude, yes, that's correct. When we talked about this last two weeks ago, I don't know. I said, I think it should be Jorge Jorge Masvidal on the cover, but it's probably going to be Adesanya. And we got both of them. It's a beautiful thing. I was super happy. But, like, when I first saw the picture, I was – I was wondering, I was like, did they actually pose for this picture together? And they this did. This is like a Photoshop thing. But then, yeah, then I saw the footage of them having done it. Like, how long ago did they do it? Um,
0: it had to have been, like, early this year. Yeah, I think. Pre- I pandem- it had to be pre-pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so I was like, okay, so they've known about this for a long time, right? So, so the UFC was still not willing to pay Masvidal more, knowing that, that he was valuable enough to be on the cover of UFC 4. It's very interesting. It got me thinking. You know, and then and then once it came out on the day of the fight, it was like, oh, my God, the timing of this is just amazing. It's, it's setting this man up to be everything with the UFC um, didn't quite work out that way. But but, you know, when you think about I think it was UFC two when Ronda Rousey was going to be like the only person on the cover and then she lost and then they slapped Connor on there. You know, didn't he lose right after two? Probably. But it then, was, it was like, like the madden curse man yeah but you umc see three he was he was on it by himself with his two belts so i think he uh, he redeemed himself uh, before the next one came out um but in any case i'm completely thrilled with it it's great um it's an exciting change to the look of the game cover i should say to the cover of the game although i did see one funny comment on instagram or twitter or wherever that said uh, it looked like uh, the guy says it looks like my daughter did it in MS Paint, uh, Microsoft Paint. Ooh. That was pretty fun. <laughs> um, but no, man, the trailer was badass. the The octagon, um, the backyard octagon setting, stage, I should say. That's that's great. The fact that they added Tyson Fury, Josh Anthony Joshua, like, you know, like how much do you think they paid those two guys for their rights? Their image rights versus how much are they paying the You know, their actual fighters? What do you suppose the difference in the number is? Because I bet it's massive.
0: You know what? Um, Low-key, I think that both of them are getting paid. I will say this. I think that they, it was probably an easy deal to make because they understand the marketing. If you are Joshua and Fury, why wouldn't you want to try to bring the MMA fans to your boxing fights?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I so
0: I feel like you know what I don't think it was a hard sell to get them to be like hey when they saw the few first few clips like you know what I want in on this let's do it you know I don't think it was hard negotiating at all in my opinion But yeah I I'm here for it it looks good looks cool um looks like it's got a little bit of every kind of fighting game built in with the it's what is it called the kumite level yeah. I, I'm here for it so looks fun enjoy pre-order if you want the tyson fury anthony joshua and the backyard and kumite levels if i'm not mistaken i wrote something about it and it's like you got to get in on that otherwise you know fury and joshua don't come if you just buy the cd when it comes out next month that's bs uh, i think it Habib would say it's the number one, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> number one let's talk about uh last news hit venom to replace reebok in 2021 uh, the first odd one, Reebok will stay as the footwear sponsor. Um, I didn't realize UFC fighters' wore shoes. Um, uh, I'll say this. My big thing, uh, first for Venom, if you've seen some of their old designs, they did a great one for Korean Zombie back in the day. They've had some cool stuff in the past. The creativity that I think is possible, I'm optimistic about it. For sure. I'm not saying every single guy and girl on the roster is going to get their own custom-looking, branded shorts. But I do think we're more likely to see more than just, you know, a couple of guys. So I think that's very promising. In terms of just another outfit sponsor and all that, obviously we're waiting to see if they're going to allow more patches and sponsors to be on the shorts. I'm sure that's a big deal. My thing about Reebok was always that it came just a little too late because I do distinctly remember the days where you had some questionable sponsors on the fight shorts. Condor
1: Beagle.com. Yes,
0: Uh (laughs) and more. I read an article as I was writing about it, and I was like, dude, really? And they had the evidence, and I was like, yep, those were the days. Um, So I do think that, um, you know, especially with social media, It is uh, so easy for these guys to say, hey, I'm fighting on TV and all that and get brands to be like, hey, I want my I want to be in on this. It's not as fringe and just out of the blue, out of off the beaten path that you can only get those. I think there's a lot of money to be made there through social media. And then, of course, who doesn't want their logo on a fighter fighting on ESPN, possibly 25 minutes, right? So I felt like Reebok, you know, took that away at a time, you know, it just came a little too late and we had a lot of that happening. I want to see the specifics, but my point is, I think that Venom will have cooler designs and I think that, you know, they're going to look at the deal and they're going to give us the details later on. But yeah, that's how I feel about it at this juncture.
1: I'm very happy that Reebok is no longer doing the the uniforms. I'm optimistic that Venom is going to do cool things. They obviously have been uh, creating clothing for combat sports for a long time. I mean, that's their business. So, um, you know, there's going to be things that Reebok, even with all their years of learning with the fighters, how to make, what to make, there's going to be things that Venom already is like way ahead of because of their long history here. But um, I really do hope, like you said, that they get the outfighters get the opportunity to add sponsorships to the clothing. Um, I'm just really looking forward to what these designs can be. I am not, I'm just I'm going to say it again because I really was not a fan, have not been a fan of the Reebok uniforms the first iteration through to, I guess maybe there have been two or three. Like, do you remember the t- the walkout shirts that they made when the UFC first went to New York, to Madison Square Garden?
0: Gibbler, they were Melendez? Like,
1: no, no, no. The ones, like, the disco, like, black with, like, the shiny metallic graphics, they were terrible. If you look up, like, a UFC first, uh, first UFC in New York's in, in Madison Square Garden, it was awful. Like, sometimes they would design a cool walkout T-shirt. The Sugar Sean O'Malley one's cool. Um, the Max Holloway one's kind of cool. Sometimes there's good ones, but most of the time they were, to me, just lacking in creativity. Like they're very generic. Literal. Yeah, they're very literal. Like, oh, your nickname is is Thug Rose. Let's put a rose on your shirt. I mean, okay. Like, I mean, what she should though. <laughs> but make it look different. They're just okay. like like it's literally like a freaking copy paste from you know talking about microsoft from like clip art and i just shoved you know paste the rows on there so i'm not a graphic designer but even i could tell that there was a lack of creativity a lack of enthusiasm They, they didn't seem to know enough of the sport to even be be properly excited about being able to design uniforms for like the most badass people on earth so okay in any case i'm really glad venom is is on board do you think Bryce Mitchell will finally get his camo shorts.
0: I mean, bro, if that's not in his contract, I think he needs to talk to... I don't know who he's managed by or if he has one, but he needs to get on that and be like, you know... I'm sorry, but if Jorge could get a pay increase, you can make some stuff happen, Bryce. I'm just saying, man. Just saying, yeah. I mean, you know, stand your ground a little bit, you know. It doesn't have to be a full John Jones situation, but, you know, just... The technology is out there. Just get a pass. Dude, slap just go v- to Joanne's Fabrics and, like, buy Slap some a Camo, Venom like... logo on it. Yeah, slap a Venom logo. There you go. I think he'll get it for sure. I think that'll be yeah. one of the first ones just to be tongue-in-cheek about it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Natalie, we got two nights of Fight cards. Uh, before we talk about main events, um, the real MVP, Paul Felder, going to be Dude. leaving the commentary booth to corner Jared Gordon. And then go back to the booth. I'm sorry, but now that's gangster. That is Modelo commercial worthy. <laughs> if I may say so.
1: He had a choice. Do you think he's going to change out of his suit, or is he literally just going to get up and he's walk? He's going to just
0: uh, probably like the tie with the clip and take off the jacket. Um, <laughs> but now I'm curious, like if Jared gets bloody and he's wearing a white shirt, like. I, but now I kind of want to
1: see that. You know what I yeah. mean? i mean anik got blood on himself from staying at the commentary booth i don't remember which fight but he got blood on his white shirt so yeah like, okay like low
0: key, when you see amanda hebus do her interview and like she's been she's smiley but Paige's blood is on her top and i'm like dude that is you know like that is scary in the coolest way possible you know what i mean so uh, yeah, i would be interested cool. to see like the close-up on anik sorry not on on felder and just like his collar and shirt is just he looks like he just killed somebody.
1: Like <laughs> he just butchered a deer. Oh
0: my gosh, that'd be. That's gangster. You're the real yeah, MVP, Paul. Big time. Uh, Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, uh, talking about the featherweight division, these guys are not far off. You know, you give them the winner, sorry, the loser of one of these big fights Ortega, Zombie, Gayers a beat, and I could see them fighting for the belt late next year. Coming if they look good to uh tomorrow what are your thoughts on the main event
1: dude to me it's just like a straight up banger and like it's hard for me to to pick a side here because they both are just you know gritty like skilled and gritty at the same time which you don't often get in in MMA like it's like more of an old school style but these guys also have have um or well-rounded I should say um I'm just looking forward to it plus it's a Wednesday so that's also like a- an extra thumbs up for me uh, I'm not gonna make my pick well obviously I'm gonna wait to hear what you have to say but also like I'm not even sure <laughs> which way to go here this is kind of like a pick em for me how do you see it
0: Uh, Very similar. They're close, evenly matched. I think that Dan, um, he's kind of the, once again, the slow and steady wins the race. Uh, He does perform really well, though. I like the run he's on. Calvin Cater, I think that you take that fight with Zabit away. He's a fantastic, fun, exciting guy at featherweight. So Every time I see it, I see a banger too. I see a stand-up battle. I think that that Extra explosiveness for Cater could be the edge for sure if it's going to end early, but I'm going to go to my pick. I think that Ige is just going to be a little more slick. He's going to get a little more out of the way, and he's going to just wear him down over time. Um, It may not be the prettiest fight, but I think on a technical level, I think that Ige is just going to get out of the way of that um, oncoming firepower of Cater.
1: Okay, I like that. Um, I'm gonna go the other way and not just to go the other way, <laughs> not just to oppose you. Uh, but I think uh, I think I like Hader in this one. Um, don't have any really anything really meaningful to add, but I just have a feeling. I think he's gonna do it. I think it's gonna um, I'm just trying to think Jeremy Stevens and he beat him round two. ground and pound. Um, I think it's going to take longer. I'm going to go with round four. Round four TKO, Kelvin Cater.
0: Oof. I'm going to go ahead and go to decision, Ige. But okay. here, here we go. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. Anyway, a lot of good stuff on the card. You know, you got a lot of fun matchups. But I think the real one that everyone's going to be waiting on, Davison Figueredo versus Joseph Benavidez. I am gonna call it now I don't think that Figueredo misses weight I you know I think that that man will shave all of his body hair and everything else he's got to do to make weight before he misses after everything I think that he just it's like Darren Till against Woodley too many eyes on him for anything to happen you know in that respect but um I don't know I'm gonna toss it to you how do you see this going down
1: uh, first, I, I think he also also think he'll make weight. I read an excerpt from an interview that he was arrived arrived at uh, Abu Dhabi at 130 pounds, so that that's pretty darn good. Um, this is tough, man, because they were going back and forth, right? But once that headbutt, which actually, from my perspective, it was Benavidez throwing his head into Figueroa's, not the other way around. I think he caused the head, um, the head clash himself and then was, was hurt by it and then finished because of it. Um, you know, they both look great, but I don't know, man, I, this is a tough one because it was Benavidez's belt, right? Like everybody knew it, it was his belt and then it didn't go his way and it was such a bummer. And then he got a second opportunity and it's like, how much did you learn from the first time? Did you learn enough? Do you going to psych yourself out? Whew. it's tough. I think Figueiredo going to end up still being the bigger, stronger dude, even if, if he makes weight. And I think he'll, he'll still be able to overpower Benavidez through the end. Like I think he's going to ultimately wear Benavidez down and finish him. Um, uh, actually, I think it'll go to round three. It's going to be pretty, you know, right in the middle, not too early, not too late. I think he's going to finish Benavides in round three. I'm rooting for Benavides. I want him to get that belt, but to me, Figueroa is just just bigger, more powerful, and and that's gonna that's gonna get him the win.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and go with Figueroa also. I think that he has more. He has a lot of uh, material to study from the first fight too. I think that he will not only feel emboldened by his performance, but I think that a lot of the X-Factor was the mystery of how is Benavidez going to feel with his power and all that. And when I look at that fight, I feel like Figueroa feels like, hey, I can bang with this guy. I could stand with him. I could probably get him to the ground. I think I got everything I need to get the job done. So after seeing the first fight, uh, I, I'm, I got Figueredo It's hard to, it's kind of like with Alex and Max. Even if you think it was close, I just feel like he's a bad style matchup for benavidez so i got it about the same i think that it's going to go until about the late third early fourth um but figueredo gets the job done just wears him down
1: yeah i say unfortunately because i really do want Benavides to get that belt but hey we'll see we'll see
0: you know he's had a lot of tries at it i get it yeah i feel you but so yeah, we will find out. We will recap all of the action. We'll talk about Bellator coming back next week. We'll talk about, of course, Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker. That is a lot of fun. Ooh. Closes out Fight Island. And, yeah, guys, we'll be back with all of the fun stuff next week. Uh, Natalie Zamudio, where can fans find you?
1: I'll be on Twitter at uh, Natalie Zamudio underscore and on Instagram at ZamudioRama.
0: Guys, you can find me all the time at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double. Take care now.